All right, and I'm to try to keep the emphasis. I kind of want to use the board, but I want to leave this this up here. So we'll just see how it goes. Um, we're we're heading into our um, our missions conference very soon, and so I the Lord just worked with me on the message. Uh, hopefully, simple enough message. Just talking through this work that we have in the Great Commission, I want to give you some components of this uh, Great Commission. So, um, you know, let's pray before we we get going here. Father, thank you so much for for bringing us together again. Thank you for um, letting us take care of some business there and getting an update on the, on, uh, the pulpit committee and what's going on with the the next pastor, and I, I ask you, Lord, that you would just help us. Help this church, Father, that we would come together like we haven't in a long time, and that we would have a focus on you, have a focus on uh, on world missions as we as we come into this wonderful time each year. You'd work with each of us, work with me on on uh, what to do about faith promise, that you'd even call out to one or maybe multiple folks about going into missions. But Lord, I pray that that through it all that you'd get glory. And I pray tonight that you would work with us. Help me to, to deliver it, to deliver it well, and I pray that it would be received and that your word would be the thing that's retained, the thing that uh, we remember and that your spirit would work <coughs> with each of us. We need you so terribly much. Thank you for being a great God, for watching out for us, for providing for our needs, for giving us a fellowship here together and so many blessings. So please help us tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. This is more of a more of a topical type of message tonight, so we'll we'll, we'll be looking in, in several passages. But I kind of want to show you, you you've got the the commission in each of the gospels. And so I want to kind of take you through that a little bit. Starting in the book of John, chapter number 20. I want to make mention this. I think there's at least a chance that that we we come off, we we come together, we we worship as a church, we have services, we learn, we have Sunday school, and perhaps we might get the idea that this duty of evangelizing is uh, like an individual thing, like we have to go out on our own and and preach it on our own uh, and then just come back here for, for services and, and Sunday school and things like that. And And to be clear, it's certainly not wrong for us to go out as individuals and and give out the gospel, we should. 
um, friends at, at school or, or co-workers at work, inviting them to come. Great. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but what God really envisions is us organizing as a church in this work of evangelizing. And we have far more power with God working together in this thing than we do as individuals when we leave the building. Am I, am I kind of making the, the point there? Um, and I, I think part of it is uh, the, the American culture is so, it's so highly individualized. And so we have that. Whereas working as a team, we can do so much better. But let's look in, in John chapter 20, in starting in verse number 19. It says there, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. So really the, the first thing I want to show here is that very simply, we're sent. Right? John 20 and 21, that's, that's where it says it. Now, maybe if it seems like a command, it, it really isn't here. The, the idea here in the grammar is, is he's saying... Just like my Father sent me, I'm going to be sending you. So we might, uh, we might ask the question, well, if we're sent like Jesus was sent from the Father, then how did the Father send Jesus? Is that a reasonable question? Okay. So a few things on that. Uh, back up to John 17. <coughs> John seventeen seventeen. Looking there, this is uh, Jesus, and he's praying, and he says in verse seventeen, "Sanctify them through thy truth; thy word is truth." Okay, we probably know that verse. It's a wonderful verse, um, but it goes on. It says, "As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also." might be sanctified through the truth. So I'll just very simply put here that that we're sent, uh, you know, like Jesus was sent. And how was it? Well, in truth was one thing, right? He doesn't say there that they may they uh, uh, also might be sanctified through the truth. Of course, we could just simply say 
the Bible. So anything we uh, we do as a church, meeting for services, praying, going out, witnessing, whatever it is, it must it must be in truth, right? And especially when we're talking about this great commission, we're going out. We're going out in truth. We're going out according to the word. We're giving the word. Okay? And so the Father sent him that way. He sends us that way. What did, uh, still on the same, like Jesus was sent, well, what, what was he sent to do? Back in Mark chapter 1. Go to Mark chapter 1. This. Um, this hit me, hit me not too uh, not too long ago. Look in verse fourteen, Mark chapter one, verse fourteen. It says now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, "The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel." What what really hit me with this is. Um, this is the first chapter of Mark. This is the first time that Jesus is speaking in this gospel. The very first thing he says, repent and believe. So we have this principle as we're studying the Bible about law first mention, and it sort of sets the stage for how things are to come. And the first thing Jesus says is he's preaching the gospel. Going to Luke. Luke chapter 4. Getting a, a little bit more detail on this, and we'll move on from here. i got to hurry up. Luke chapter 4, verse number 18. Um, verse 17, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So he, he takes the Bible, this would be a scroll, and he's looking in uh, the book of Isaiah, and he finds in Isaiah where it says, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord." And um, verse 20, they, they were, the people were fixed on him like, you know, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? And then in verse 21, he says, This day the Scripture is fulfilled. Meaning he is that one that came, what, to preach, to heal? And so he, we're sent like Jesus was sent to preach the gospel. And then I want to bring out one thing before we, we move into this second point. We're sent. That's, the, that's our first big point. Um, back in John, this is, this is just amazing here. We're sent like Jesus was sent. Okay? John chapter 8, verse number 28. John chapter 8, verse number 28. 
It says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. Uh, uh, and He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. Okay? Uh, so his father taught him. He's doing the same things. Go back to John 20. See, the father was with him. That's what we just read, right? The father had not left me alone. So the father's with him. Now we're looking at John chapter 20 and verse 22. John 20 and verse 22. He, he's speaking to the disciples. So he said, and, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So the Father was with him, and when he left, he gave to us the Holy Spirit. Okay? I'm going to just put it this way. With help. Jesus had that help from the Father that was with Him. And then when He left the scene, similarly He gave to us the Holy Spirit to provide that help. Alright, we got that? And I want you to notice here in this verse where we're at right here, receive you isn't, uh, uh, hey, I've got something, you know, if you want it, here it is. No, receive you is a, is a command. But a command, like any command, has to be received, right? You have to submit to it. And so there, there is this aspect of, of allowing or receiving it. Now, we know from, from the study of the Word that now, when someone is saved, they immediately receive the Holy Spirit, right? But there's still that daily submission... Am I going to allow the Spirit to work in me today? Okay? But that help is there for us to do the job. <coughs> All right, I'm going to skip this part and go. So, Jesus was sent in truth and to preach the gospel, and he had help, and we have the same things. We're sent with the Bible. We're sent to preach the gospel, and we are given help too with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Number two. Bit of a broken record here, but um, so we looked at John, and John were sent in Mark, Mark 16. This, this verse you know well, you probably can quote it. Uh, but Mark 16 and verse number 15. Mark 16 and verse number 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, very simply, we're sent, if we could do that, to preach, right? Pretty simple. Now, I want to show you how this works. Um, because it is truly amazing. We're, we're to preach the gospel. So the, the first question is, what is the gospel? 
Somebody can answer that if they want. Thank you. I'm going to list it this way. God's part, okay? God's part. God's part is the gospel. And, and you'll see as we, as we move forward, but uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians because we have that good uh, explanation there from Brother Bob. Um, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just get, what is it? Those first four verses define it very well. It says, uh, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. The death burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's why I put it here as God's part, the gospel. He did this part. He did this part, right? Could any of us have done that part? That wouldn't have worked. And we'll come back to this, but look at, this hit me as well in verse 3. It says that Christ died for our sins. We'll get to a, a little bit more as we go down. You might keep a finger here in, in this place and come back to it. So, God's part, the gospel, He did it. Okay, man's part. What's our part of this thing? Preach it. Yeah, to, to preach it. But I want to look at it from the other the other side. Thank you, y'all. Y'all just know this. Acts chapter twenty, and verse twenty one. You can go there if you want, but I'll give it to you. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Two things mentioned in that verse. Repentance and faith. And as she said, before it can be preached, it has to be received. And so that's, that's what I'm, I'm focusing on right here. We're going to preach it, but what is it to that person that's hearing it? So what, I want to just mention on this side first, what is faith? Is somebody giving me the verse there in Hebrews? Okay, man, we got really good ones in here, knowing exactly that Bible definition. But we also have the simple one word, believing, trusting. Faith is uh, it's a confidence. Just like you're confident the sun is going to set tonight and it's going to rise in the morning, right? I, is anybody question that? No, that, that's going to happen. Now, the rapture might happen before that, but we're going to have a sunset and a sunrise. We know that. We're confident in that. 
That's faith. We haven't been there yet. We haven't, been in the, we haven't come back from the future. We don't know it, but we know it. We have faith. Back in John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and verse 25. John 20 and 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. And they're talking to Thomas. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Skip down to verse number 27. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Thomas had that benefit of being there with Jesus, seeing Him, and being able to see the evidence firsthand. But every single lost person that came after Jesus went back up to the Father doesn't have that benefit. We must believe without seeing. We must believe having only heard somebody preach it or having read it in a track or something like that. So it's a requirement on man's part that he believes. Right? Now, you could really kind of put these together they're they're kind of two pieces to the same thing but then we go to repentance what is repentance a turn from at the core it's a it's a it's a change of mind it's a change of heart it's it's a change from uh living in sin, walking in the flesh, all these things that I I love and I want for myself, to agreeing with God that that sin is is sin. Not excusing it away, well, so-and-so, or uh, whatever, that was the reason why I did it, and, and that makes it okay, and blah, blah, blah. No. It's agreeing with God that Sin is sin, and I have sinned. So it's a in the heart and in the mind, you, you're, you are turning. You're saying, I don't like that anymore. I hate that sin, and I believe that it's wrong. And then on the other side, turning to God... God, I love you. I want to. I don't want to do this. I want to do what you want me to do. (coughs) 
give try to work in a short story here, but but not too long ago, Brother Daniel and I were out out here at the at the Bible handout. And this one family showed up, uh, and there and it wasn't it wasn't uh, wasn't to learn about God or, or anything of that sort. In fact, the wife told me the reason they came was was to see if we believe what they believed. So, okay, that's not going. That's not starting off so well. Um, uh, so she asked me about salvation, and when the idea of repentance came up. We started to get crossways. In their mind, and they and they tried to they tried to twist the scriptures and go to this passage and Jonah and stuff, but they tried to twist it to be repentance is the only thing you have to repent of is not believing. Because they they asked me, you know, what do you have to repent of? And, I, and in my mind it's obviously like we have to repent of sins. But they tried to say that, no, it's just the only thing you have to repent of is not believing in Jesus. And the conversation continued. The hostility grew. Um, and, and to my own shame, I, I wasn't thinking of, you know, I had never been challenged that way. You, you know, to me it's obvious you repent of sins. And, and they were wanting to twist that up to repent of something else, uh, just the one thing. And so I wasn't, I wasn't prepared with like verses and stuff, and, and already I wasn't really in a good spot. So I, I, I didn't have like a clear verse. Let's go to this verse right here and show you where it says this is for sins. But we just read one there in 1 Corinthians 15.3, didn't we? What did it say right there? How that Christ died for our sins. Not not because we just didn't believe. No, for our sins. He made that payment for our sins. But if I were to go back again, the verse that I want to go to is a Great Commission verse in, in the book of Luke. Go to Luke chapter 24. I love this. And God hit, hit me with this one and, and it's been a great help. I've got... A place now I can go if somebody tries to bring in a, a false teaching like that again. But look at uh, Luke 24. We'll start there in... Um, uh, let's just go to 46. That's where I want to be. Verse 46. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins... should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, I don't know what they would have said to that, but um, that certainly puts the proverbial pin in the balloon, pops their false bubble. I can't really think of a more comprehensive passage like, if you only had one passage you knew and you're trying to witness to somebody, this is it. Why? Because it covers what the gospel is and what they need to do to be saved. Does it? 
Okay, so repentance and faith. One more thing that I just want to touch on to sort of complete this on, on this sort of how-to that we're going through. How does a person repent? Let's go to uh, Romans. That one is for the Christian. You know this verse when, when you come to it. I'm just wanting you to maybe think about it in a little bit different light. But Romans chapter 10 and verse number 8. Romans 10, 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Remember, repentance is... Is that change of heart, that change of mind. But, but how is it exercised? Verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it happens in the heart, and it comes out of the mouth. Yeah, they they believe that God exists, and mo- most people God God says if you don't believe God exists, you're a fool, Amen. you're stupid. That's what the word means. Okay, so most folks believe that God exists, but have they received Christ as as their Savior? That's very different. Go ahead. Is a verb. Amen. Uh, action. That's right. Do it. Repentance, adverb, condition of. It's all the difference in the world. Repent takes place to save people. Amen. Later on in life. Uh, we can't repent when we're lost. But condition of repentance, that's a condition. Mm. The condition is washed in his blood and what our sin nature did to him on the cross. Adverb. We realize it and then we confess, right? All right, so we have God's part is the gospel, and then man's part is repentance and faith. And then we come back, we've got one more here, God's part. God starts and finishes, I like that. Uh, we're, we're still here in Luke, or we were in Luke. Go back to that same passage in Luke. The Gospel, right, in verse 46. Death, burial, resurrection. Verse 47, repentance. But then God has one more part there. It says in that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. So God has provided the payment for sins and then He also does the forgiving. That word remission means forgiveness. It's a pardon or a forgiving of it.
Acts 13.38 says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. So, this happens and then this happens and then God forgives it. Makes you right with Him. That's justification. We, we like that just as if I've never sinned. But the word just means to be made right. That's justification. We're justified or made right with God. Okay? So this is, this is what we're preaching. Okay? We're sent to preach. And then the other two parts of it, which I'm just going to barely gloss over, uh, to, to baptize and disciple right at the bottom. So we've seen it in the, in the Mark passage here, Mark 16, Luke 24, and here in John 20. And then here we go to the Matthew passage, and that's how we pick it up in all four of the Gospels. Matthew chapter 28. This is working out good. We're going to have some time to pray. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. This is a one that oftentimes is preached from uh, when the Great Commission is, is preached because it breaks it down into the three pieces right here for us. But Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Three pieces there. The first one is, is in verse 19. Teach all nations. That's this right here that we've just covered. Preaching the gospel. Making disciples. The other two parts that, that we see, the second part there in verse 19, baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, this is something we follow to the letter when we baptize somebody. We baptize them in the three persons. And then we teach them those commands of Christ. Teach them the Word so they can grow. Um, this... Uh, Let's go to the passage. Acts chapter 2. I want, to, I want you to see this worked out. Okay? We've covered the, the components and pieces, but seeing how it, it worked out. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was, was, was given there. That's where the Holy Spirit's ministry uh, through His churches uh, began. And so he's with the apostles when they, when they speak. And uh, in verses 14 through 40, we see Peter, he, he preaches an outstanding salvation message. And it's to those Jews that were gathered from, to Jerusalem out of every nation under heaven. That's verse 5. Holy Spirit is with them, verse number 4. When he finished his message, what happened? And that's verse 41 that I want to go to. 
It says, Then they that gladly received His word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So this part was accomplished. They received the word. These were saved. Then the next thing, also in verse 41, baptized, right? They were baptized. Now there's a there's another part there which really isn't isn't fit into the, to this these components, but then there's the adding to the church rolls, which you saw that. And those are two separate things. Baptism is is a thing, and being added to membership is a thing. Um, we get baptized just to obey the Lord, and because we're baptized, then we can be added to the church. Amen. Okay. Now, then this part, that discipleship part, is in verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Do you see that? A a, a continuance. So all, all three pieces we see acted out we see an example of how it goes. And it went just in that order, didn't it? So he sent us in the same way that the Lord sent, or that the Father sent Jesus in truth to preach, gave, gave the help to him. He's given the help to us with the Holy Spirit to preach, baptize, and disciple. But it's it's best done when we work it together. That's why, I, and I appreciate so much. We've had these these Tuesday nights where we go out and and do visitation. We've got the Saturday mornings where we're, and those are times we're working together. We're organizing as a church. You've got the example of a of a, of an army or a soldier is a, is another way it's described in the New Testament. You typically don't send soldiers out alone, right? Even your special teams, your SEAL teams and stuff are a smaller group, but there's still more than one of them. And so we're best when we're working together. Again, not wrong to go out on your own. We should do it, but we're best when we're working together. Amen? All right, that's all that I have for, for tonight. And, I, and I've asked Brother Harry if he would, if he would come and kind of lead us through the, the prayer part. I'd like us to, uh, when we get to the actual prayer time, to, to break up twos, threes, fours, however you all want to do it, and pray. He's got these things that we were praying about last night, but I'll, I'll let him lead that. But let's take some time to pray. We've still got a little bit of time. Let's, let's do it.